0: I am so diversified in the things that I'm doing that I'm constantly keeping my mind interested because I know for my life that's something that's really interesting. It's really necessary for me to be playing in different places, to be thinking in very different ways.
1: If we're gonna create a world of inspiring, educational and entertaining content, then I wanna do it in something I care more about.
0: Talk about your goals and everyone knows about them. You're like, you have your own little Google Docs going and your own calendars or whatever you have, but no one actually knows and they don't know what you're doing. Did you know
1: that 91% of Americans never accomplish their New Year's resolution? And in fact, 56% of us, more than half, are going to quit this month. So, what is it about our personal goals that we somehow deem so important in December? We can't even make it through January. Not even 30 days later, more than 56% of us quit these dreams. And now you might be thinking, why does this even matter for my business or my my company? The reality is that people and companies are intertwined. That's it. A company is nothing more than a collection of people. And if we are failing ourselves in our personal lives, it's hard to imagine we can help you succeed or help ourselves succeed in our business lives. Today, me and Stephanie are gonna talk about goal setting, how we can get more attainable or more successful outcomes. We've learned a little bit. Stay tuned right now. Mission daily. (laughs) Happy new year, Stephanie.
0: Happy, happy new year. Welcome back. Are you part of the uh, 56% who've quit already into the new year?
1: Well, no, (laughs) because I set a goal this year that does not require daily activity. So, so I might not have started, but I haven't stopped. How about that?
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, I as well have not quit yet, but I do think that stat is very, um, staggering knowing that 91% of people quit. Don't even make it through the end of the year. 56% have already quit. I mean, that's a huge number, um, which is why we're talking about this today because when we saw these stats and looking at maybe past performance of ourselves, what we, how we showed up in teams, how we showed up in life, um, this year we're doing something different. And so we started talking about company vision and goal setting in our last team meeting, which is what's going um, to what inspire this episode today. So with that, should we jump into our process of how we're tackling it this year versus previous years?
1: Yeah. So let's start, let, let's start there. Well, let's start on a company level. What is it that you are hoping to achieve with mission? And because you did a little, it was a bit of a twist because you kind of set the stage for, Hey, we're going to try to accomplish this this year, but in order to achieve that, you actually asked a different question and, and you asked all of the employees, like, what are you going to personally do mm-hmm. f- towards success And it wasn't related to the company, which I thought was, it was just very different. It was very different. So let's start there. What did you want from the company and kind of break it out for our listeners so they can understand where this is coming from?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, this year, uh, you know, we had to realign our vision like most companies do. Step one is you define your vision. And I mean, I think there was a, crazy stat where it was like 50% of top level managers cannot name their company's goals or their top three goals. Like they have no idea. Um, and so with us, that was our first step. Like let's make sure everyone knows what missions high level vision statement um, is for this year, which was around missions going to create content that inspires, educates and entertains. And those content pillars are broader than just business, broader than just tech. Um, we want to tell the stories that we want to tell. And so that was where we started. which was just like, Hey, does everyone get, that is our high level goal here. And then from and there, I think for
1: the longest time, our team has always looked through it through the lens of business, because I mean, traditionally that's what we've done. It's always been through the lens of business historically.
0: Yeah. And this year is the first year that we're expanding it and, you know, really telling stories about things that we all care about and we think need to be told. Um, and so just making sure everyone understood that afterwards I started asking, you know, when we go through this process, you all are going to be involved. You as in every single person on our team will be involved too, because I want to know what your vision is. Um, the reason I wanted to know what, you know, our employees and coworkers' personal visions were, was one, because I don't know how to support people if I don't know where they're trying to go. I mean, I made a comment where I'm like, I know where you wanna go, Albert, we talk all the time, I know what your big vision is. and also what your vision is for life is probably going to show up and work somehow, how you're hitting your own goals. Like we mentioned in the beginning, like how you're tackling one thing is how you tackle everything, how you're showing up in your life right now, hitting your workout goals or whatever it might be. Like if you're not hitting them there, you're probably not hitting company goals either. Like I can't even rely on you to do that if I know that you're failing in your personal life um, and getting what you want to get there. And so that's why I wanted to make sure I really understand everyone's personal goals and could see, you know, not only... How do they line up to that person and the role they're in? But how does it possibly line up to the company vision as well? Um, And making sure that they all feel unified together. So I think that's a new thing in the past. I don't think we've ever really asked, you know, what is your personal vision and how does it tie to the company goal and how can I support you in getting where you want to go? So that is a new thing that I think, um, yeah, will really help our team as we move through this year.
1: Yeah. We send some of our team members through a training. It's called ALA. What's it stand for again? I don't, know. Uh, I don't remember.
0: Ascension, so yeah. Ascension Leadership Academy is here in Austin.
1: So the Ascension Leadership Academy, and they kind of defined it in a five-step process. One was defining the business vision, um, excuse me, defining vision. And it was a two-parter. It's a two-parter thing. It's, it's company and individual. So that's where this is kind of coming from. Uh, so a company vision, you said, inspire, educate, and entertain. And you wanted the stuff to have all three pillars. So we're probably not going to tell, you know, serial killer stories.
0: Yep. Yeah. And we're probably not going to be getting into divisive content. Like we're not going to be picking a side in politics and just going there. We're not going to be getting into fear-based content. I mean, it's opposite of what most media does. Like we're not here for just clicks and driving that we're here to, can we entertain you in a way that's also value add to your life? Can we educate you in a way that's also entertaining? Like there needs to be some overlap and that's the kind of content that we're looking to bring to the world.
1: And now I got to pull this study up, by the way, over the break, I read, I read this study about how someone did a meta analysis of headlines in newspapers and how many were negative tilted and how many were positive tilted and how many. So like, if you're reporting on a car accident, that's negative. If you're reporting on a scandal, that's negative. If you're reporting on the weather is neutral and then it's like, Hey, a person won an award, a person, you know, donated to open a park that's would be lean, leaning positive. And interestingly enough is as, as social media started ascending, you know, people clicking, we're clicking on social via what people were sharing was the number one source of traffic. Overwhelmingly headlines turned negative. So like, I don't think they intended to do this, but it's like, we can't get people to visit our publications anymore. So we've turned negative. And, and you said, Hey, I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to be throwing out the scandalous headlines because there's enough of that already.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And when, when thinking about our company vision and personal vision, the thing that I saw happening on our team and with other people was realizing that most people, when they think about their vision statement, it's just either career oriented. Like I want to be the best sales manager ever. Um, it's also just words and that's probably why it doesn't always get met because, uh, what I'm now realizing, I think this year is that when it comes to visions, uh, it has to be very visual. Like you have to actually imagine yourself in that setting and know where you're headed. Um, to then be excited about the goals that are going to get you there. And so when I think about my high level vision, just for my personal life, you know, I'm imagining what that world looks like with myself and my kids and where I'm at and the freedom and the flexibility and the excitement around bringing content into the world that is really helping humanity, that's really lifting consciousness. That's kind of like my top level vision. And I know all the sensory inputs of what that looks like and feels like, and I'm training my body and my mind to get to that place. So it's going to be working in the background to get me there. And then with that, that's where the mission is, you know, underneath of it of like, how is mission fueling that? Well, of course it's leading here and here and here. Um, And then under that are the goals. So I think it's a a different way of thinking about it instead of just writing down, here's what mission is. It's like, how do you actually bring emotion and feelings and a visual scenery into that to know what does that really look like and feel like when I get there? What is that, you know, that world going to be like?
1: are you willing to share yours?
0: Mine? Yeah. I
1: actually, your personal vision?
0: Yeah, but I would actually, I want you to share yours because yours was, you had a really good one, um, about you and your kids. So yes, I'll share yeah. mine, but I, yeah.
1: So my vision for my life hasn't really changed. It's changed a little bit in that the people that are involved, but I just picture, like what would make me ultimately happy and super successful. And I always have this vision of myself, uh, in the lineup or in a tropical place, the water is clear. So, uh, for anyone that surfs, you, pr- you're, you're probably, Island somewhere because you, if there's sand, the water's murky. Um, we're in a tropical place. The sun is setting. You're looking back. All you see really is jungle and foliage. And I have my whole family out there in the water with me. The waves aren't that big because it's not about the surfing so much, but it's, it's more like we're together. We're doing this thing. And I, I see it all the time. And you know, my daughter's older, you know, it, my daughter's, whether she's a teenager or an adult, my daughter, I always mention my daughter cause she's the baby that kind of like keystones the other ages. Right. And then do I see a world where I also sometimes see a world where grandkids are in that same frame and we're all surfing together as the sun is setting. And that is to me, if I got to have that moment, it would be amazing. If I could have it more than once, it would be even more amazing. And so that's kind of what I've pictured my life at when I was, before I had a wife and family, I still saw that for myself, but I didn't have company. Do you know what I mean? Like (laughs) I, but now I see who I'm doing it with and it it makes it that much better. And so, um, it's one of those things where it's far away to the point where (laughs) I don't know how to get there, but I know that I'll need, I'll need to have time and I'll need to have money to do that. Um, so like, and me, so this is the way I to people is time I have to be able to do it myself, right? So I have to be, out, be able to get to the water. Um, and then possibly money because if what could be a potential roadblock? What if my daughter is newly into the workforce and she hasn't had enough time to earn enough money? Well, then I need to be able to stroke a check and say, no, 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 we're going. You know what I mean? Because like, I don't want there to be a barrier. If there's a barrier that prevents that, I should want to solve it. And so that's how I think of what I do um, for myself is, always in this, maybe someone would say it's a boring path, but that's what, that's, what's important to me. So I just think down this path Mm -hmm. and I joke about how I like to do less, but it's because I want to ultimately get there. Um, So I actually do quite a lot to get there. (laughs) I
0: was about to say, I mean, that's why you can have the big vision where you're heading of like, I want to do less and be at that point, but then also have the knowing that it's going to take a lot of efforts right now to get me to that state. And so life is about stages and also being, you know, logical enough to be like, well, in this stage right now, it actually might be doing more knowing that I want to do less. Eventually it just might not be right (laughs) this second (laughs) that I can do that.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love that.
1: I'm surprised it's so romanticized uh, or I don't know if romanticized is the right word, but the, you but in particular and you know our some of our coworkers like smiled when i said that i was like well it's just what i see i don't know well
0: it's cuz <laughs> so, i think that hearing it from you and which is why i wanted you to share it first i think hearing you having a romantic sweet vision with visuals of what that looks like I don't hear you talk like that very often. That also, I knew I hear much like I'm investing in boring businesses and I'm going to do this and I'm going to have diversified income and like that's what I normally hear.
1: That's so what I hear. I'm very Your, your impersonation of me is, is I hope it's not true. I hope that's not actually accurate. But I want to work less. Stop asking me to me do stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: well, well, that's okay. It's fine. Well, it's fine. I mean, but I do think that, you know, usually you're very pragmatic and logical of like, here's exactly how I think about it. Pull up the spreadsheets. But it's sweet hearing, you know, that you have this beauty in your mind, which everyone does, to create a vision for your life, your family's life. Um and that's what I think is the power behind, you know, writing down what you think you're just gonna have versus visualizing that scenery. Because then you have the emotions behind it of what like what that's gonna feel like. And yeah, you actually know where you're heading in a different way. That's not just logical, but with your heart. And I think that actually is the best way to kind of get to many places in life is listening to your heart and your body and your intuition to get you there and not always in your head all the time. Um, so yeah, my vision, man, it's very lengthy. I'm like, how do I shorten it down for you? It's, it's also in a beach setting. It kind of reminds me of California, but I also don't want to live in California. No, thank you taxes, but it is that scenery where it's like a big beach uh, and then we have like a little picket fence and it's a house where I can see everyone out in the yard, all my kids, everyone's out there playing sports and laughing and um, just having a great time. And I am so diversified in the things that I'm doing that I'm constantly keeping my mind interested because I know for my life that's something that's really interesting or it's really necessary for me to be playing in different places, to be thinking in very different ways. And so I'm looking at my life like, wow, I have this thing going on over here with this company and then I've got maybe real estate stuff going on over here and then I've got um, movies being produced right now based off our, you know, content that we're making over at mission. We've got all these opportunities manifesting around me and calls coming in just, uh, yeah, like just coming in unexpectedly. But of course, like, of course they're coming in. Of course I'm having people wanting to like do different stuff with us. Of course, this is up on the big screen. Of course I have checks coming in in all different ways to support our lifestyle. And I also envision a place where my kids are doing a lot of their own things too, where it's like, They saw this path growing up of what it looks like to take risks and try things on your own and fail and then try it again and fail again and try again. It's like they watched a mom who did this over and over and over again and it inspired them to do the same thing. And so I'm looking at my kids who are like 16, 18, 20 or something, and each of them have their own things and their own passions too, where they're like, it's just uniquely suited for them. And it's this feeling of being like, wow, I'm so proud of this life that... I made for all of us and the life that they built for themselves and they're so self-sufficient now and yeah, they're excited about what they're pursuing as well. And so that's the vision as well and the feelings behind it.
1: So here's some fun facts about why we, why we invested so much in visualization and said, hey, we need people to establish individual vision if we ever want to achieve the company vision, all right? So here's some fun stats that we did some uh, little homework on And let me read them off. All right, so employees with goals are 3.6 times, 3.6. That's a lot. It's more than double for those of you guys not counting. So three times, almost four times more likely to be committed to a company highlighting the impact of goal setting on employee engagement. Meaning, for those to, to paraphrase, you're talking about almost four times. People are companies that have employees focus on their individual goals get people that are almost four times more dedicated. And in a day when everyone's like, hey, I'm leaving, I'm going to do this, I'm doing something else, quiet, quitting, all this other garbage out there, that's a big deal, all right? The other thing, another stat we found was that visualizing goals boosts confidence and success rates. According to a TD Bank study, 59% of people who visualize their goals, they'll feel more confident, and businesses using visual goal-setting tools like vision boards actually report more success. So you're talking about almost 60% of people who can visualize this will be more successful. So 60% more successful. So that's, I mean, so there's, there's actual studies and data that suggest like, Hey, if you can picture yourself first, it's like, it's like you picture yourself first. And then you figure out how that works with the company. The company will actually win because the person succeeded in whatever they were trying to succeed in.
0: That makes sense because our brain is amazing, obviously, and being able to put pictures in your brain and see yourself in a scenery and all of that, I mean, that's only going to support you. Um, and I think our brain works in so many ways that people still don't even understand, but it does make sense that if you can pull yourself into that state, pull yourself into that future vision you are probably way more likely to get there and actually complete it. And having the confidence behind you when you're visualizing something that's showing yourself that you know you can also get there as well. You might not know the how, but you do know that you see yourself in that state, which is step one of confidently moving forward with your plan. Moving on to, to our part three. So we have part one, you define, define the company vision. Part two, you've got the individual, individual visions defined. And then moving on to part three, you're defining goals based on those visions. So when we're thinking about those goals, you're defining three to five goals, but the important thing is you have a timeline attached to your goals. Um, For example, I know when we were talking about this with our team, the timeline's quarterly. So now that you know the company goal and your personal goals, what are the sub-goals that are going to lead up to move the needle on those pieces? And what is the goal that you're gonna complete by the end of Q1 with all the factors that you have before that? which I think is a big thing because I know at least for us in the past, we've been like, here's what we're doing for the whole year as a team. We're going to create amazing shows and we're going to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, but it didn't have, I'd say, a tight timeline on it. And it also wasn't actionable enough to really know how to hold each other accountable. Would you agree?
1: So I think what's uniquely interesting about mission is that we have been, we've probably had more disruptions than, a lot of other companies and I think companies get disrupted. Don't get me wrong, but like, uh, j- only because I get an opportunity to sit in like a parallel world. And also I have some of the people I know that run their own businesses. I don't know that this is a problem with every single one, but we've had uniquely disruptive problems that, yeah. um, I'm not talking about being market-based. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, yeah. which means, yeah, it has been hard to have a big vision in times of scarcity. Um, When you're like, well, I don't even know if I'm going to be here in a couple months. It's hard to have a big vision when, yeah, you have turmoil in the leadership team. When you have so many reasons. So I think we're now actually just getting to that place of being able to do this. Yeah, because
1: you know what's amazing is when we put our minds to building a scalable team that could produce a lot of volume, we actually hit every single metric. We had dedicated teams. We had dedicated roles. We were expanding. We were throughputting. An absurd amount of content for the amount of headcount that we had. So we made that come true. Um, It's just, I think, in our more short term, like if we look only back two years or one Mm -hmm. year, it's it's been rougher.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm excited this year to have, you know, like detailed definitions of what each person's goals are with actual numbers or I mean, you always say this when it comes to like, you either did it or you didn't do it. You either, you know, completed the job (laughs) or you didn't complete the job or whatever it might be. Like something where it is easy to measure these goals. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. And so making it more binary. (laughs) Yeah. Which I think we've been kind of pregnant in many of our goal setting, but now, I mean, it's an awesome place to have that contrast. I mean, I think contrast is really important when it comes to, we have so much history under our belt now where we know what works and maybe what, you know, wasn't as measurable. And so this year we're going into, you know, everyone's going to come back with their goals, how it supports their personal goals, which support the company vision. What does that look like? And then we're also all going to go and, um, discuss it together. And that might be poking holes in it. That might be saying, Hey, that, that goal of yours actually isn't stretchy enough because I know that Albert, you can always do, you know, one episode a week on mission daily. And so that's not stretchy at all. That's just doing your status quo, like what you're used to. And, or maybe, hey, that's too much for you. Like, I know that you often put too much on your plate. And so I'm looking at this and it doesn't even feel like it's any bit attainable. How can we make this, you know, more bite sized so you can actually feel a win at the end of this? So that's a big thing that, um, yeah, that I always think about is like any goals that are being set are stretchy yet attainable. And it's making me a bit uncomfortable, but not so big that I know it's just not going to happen.
1: Yeah. And then my, and this is where we have different, Personalities in this in this regard. My definition of a good goal is just something you can steadily march towards. I think that when people put big things in front of them, it's the the reality is big changes are a byproduct of a lot of small inputs. Right? They're not. It's never a big thing. So when you say like, oh, I want to you know start a business or I want to uh, lose fifty pounds or whatever the number is, it's a byproduct of a lot of little steps. And so I believe in doing one thing. Really well. And it's gotta be something like you said, and that's where that vision statement plays a big part of, because if you're not, so I, I believe goals are more directional. Uh, that's just me personally. I just believe like you gotta be marching towards something. And so I think that number becomes maybe like a, like a, like a milestone or a benchmark and you're just kind of going towards it. And I believe that that's like a slow and steady way to like constantly march towards what you want. And it's a way for me, what I think is true is that it allows you to keep going forward even if it didn't work, you didn't get there as fast as you wanted to, but you can keep going forward. And so that's how I kind of think of goal setting. Um, So do you wanna maybe share with everyone or I can share mine, how mine lined up or I hope lines up with the company.
0: We're about to find out, yeah, let's see, let's hear them
1: <laughs> yeah, so I don't have three to five, right, so I think for the longest time uh for me personally i you know I became the host of i t visionaries by assignment, not by Choice, you know, you know, it's like, or out of duty, not quite necessarily choice. And so it's not, uh, not that I've anything wrong. I, I've enjoyed it visionaries to a certain degree. Uh, I knew the subject matter and it's been good, but I was thinking to myself, if we're going to create a world of inspiring, educational, um, and entertaining content, then I want to do it in something I care more about, you know what I mean? And that's what I was thinking about. So it's like, it's to put my thumb or my fingerprint, whatever you want to say, like more about. So I came to the idea and I don't have a name for the project, but I, regarding independence, cause it's something I care a lot about. And I do, I do gravitate personally towards people who I think did really cool things. And, and usually they had a goal setting that is similar to what Stephanie talks about. And so I'll give an example. So what we're going to be, what we're going to do is, um, or what Stephanie wanted to do was expand the portfolio of content at mission. And so I was like, well, how can I play a part in that? Well, I want to tell the stories of people that I just think were just amazingly independent and just walk their own path. Despite a lot of naysayers, I think Independence is the overarching theme. And what I also like about it is that it's how I'm teaching my kids, and that you don't have to follow set paths for a career. There's like basically infinity paths, including ones that you get to create for yourself. And so I would start with a sport that I don't love, but I respect a great deal out of, and that is snowboarding. Stephanie was actually there the first time I went snowboarding. I basically yep. fell down a mountain. was uh, <laughs>
0: great. I think I did too. We both were just falling down a mountain. <laughs> I,
1: I fell down a mountain. Okay. I wouldn't call what I did snowboarding at sometimes I was on my feet, but you know, I spent a lot of time falling down the mountain, but I, I saw uh, deer rider, which is a documentary on Jake Carpenter or Jake Burton Carpenter. He is the creator of and founder of Burton snowboards. He has since passed away, but he had a mission. He was on this mission for 300 days a year. I don't know if people know that he wanted to snowboard 300 days a year. Like that was his actual vision and he invented the sport. So when he shared it with nobody knew what he was talking about. You know what I mean? He's like, "I want to surf on the snow." People were like, "What does that even mean?" You know what I mean? So everything he did was towards the growth and building of snowboarding as a sport. His company grew as a byproduct. So it's as much as it's about the company because his company became synonymous with snowboarding and probably the biggest brand in snowboarding. He was also overwhelmingly driven by passion. And it wasn't driven by, I feel like what I hear a lot of when I do a lot of business interviews, right? We hear about opportunity and PNLs and markets and market shares. Like, There's like market share. There's a market share of zero, right? How many people snowboard? Zero. So he's creating a market. So these weren't in his criteria of thinking. His criteria of thinking was in that vision, and what happened to him was a business got built around him. And so and so he could have easily failed but you know what's funny is I think even if he had failed if snowboarding for whatever reason never took off I don't think he'd be upset at his life. Do you know what I mean? Because I think he would have hit what he wanted to do. And so I want to tell the stories of people like uh, Jake Burton, Jake Burton Carpenter. See, I always want to mix those up because he calls the name of the company Burton, but Burton's his middle name, <laughs> right? And I want to tell stories like that. And so there's a couple people, they tend to be in like, it, it, and it's not just extreme sports because I want to tell the story of Milton Hershey. Milton Hershey's got an unbelievable story. He, he does not get enough credit. Most people have no idea that the Hershey company's sole purpose is philanthropy towards children. And him and his wife we're never able to have children, like, and there's so these these cool stories out there. I really particularly like Milton Hershey too because he's also one of those people that kind of says success can find you at any age. Um, real quick summary for people listening out there: he was over the age of forty. When he decided he wanted, he got introduced to chocolate after 40 years old. So he gets, he smells chocolate for the first time at World Fair. He tastes it. At the time, it's a pure luxury item. Chocolate's really not readily available. And he's like, why would we not bring this to the world, right? And so he's he's thinking that and he goes around his family and he's like trying to raise money to started a chocolate company like Milton, you're a loser, man. Everything you touch fails. Like you fail at everything. It's like, dang, I, I do fail at everything, but I can figure this out. And I think we all know the Hershey company is a huge story, but I'm going to tell these stories because I think their biographies are known, but I'm going to tell these stories through this lens of independence and this idea that he or she was choosing to do what they wanted to do most and I think the byproduct of course is there and they were chasing visions too. So I get excited by that. I think that is going to be fun and entertaining. I think it speaks to an audience that I would like to speak to. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, I think it aligns with I for sure inspired, align. I mean,
0: yeah. And just so <laughs> like this is exactly the point of like hearing, you know, I mean first, how was this inspired? It started by, Hey, here's my new company vision it's very different. It's, you know, it's kind of different. It's more broad. I want to, you know, just tell even better stories and especially ones that the media have never touched on. And next thing you know, here you come with passion for an idea of something that you want to do because you heard this company vision. It's very transparent. Um, and then you came and pitched me your idea and I'm like, okay, yeah, that energy, that emotion, that excitement. Yes. That's, you know, that idea, that project is greenlit right away. So that show is coming soon for anyone who's like, it, when's it coming out? It's coming soon. It's going to be epic. Um, but that's a perfect example of, you know, you having a clearly defined vision of what this looks like. You've got the emotion behind it. And then, you know, we also got into the, like the definition of, okay, who does what, when, what does this look like? And we'll keep ironing that out, but um, it's a perfect example of, you know, bringing new goals, things that you're not already doing, because you're still going to maintain what we're already doing. Of course, you'll still be doing those things, but this is a new one that's going to be added on top. That is stretchy probably for you to come in. And I mean, you're kind of taking on a whole new role.
1: And I, and I was, and we thought about, so what's the, so what is the goal? I think the goal is to produce four, and I, I want to produce four, and I want it to be written and told through that voice of independent, that voice surrounding independence. And I want it to also be visual and I want to. It doesn't have to be video. Well, it's going to be video because it's visual, but meaning I don't have to record dramatic uh, reenactments and stuff. But I think I'm going to use visual cues because one of the cool things. All right. So I'll give you an example. All right. So if you got to picture yourself at the time of Milton Hershey, why was chocolate so expensive? Well, there wasn't really a great way to transport and refrigerate milk. That was one of the big. And it wasn't an easy way to transport sugar. So people think in modern day logistics, of course, you should ship it. It's like, no, no, no. Shipping wasn't that easy. So he, even though he wasn't that educated, even though he had failed everywhere, he's like, the only way I can get the cost of chocolate down is if I'm closer to the farms. So he started in the middle of dairy country, Pennsylvania, because he knew that he could get access to milk quicker, faster, cheaper. Is that a great business mind? Or is, you know... In a way it is, but like, you know, and so like, these are the things I, so in order to paint that picture, people need to be brought to that place. And as much as I want to describe the challenges that were, must've been in front of him, I think, you know, people forget what cars looked like and how much gas cost and how hard it would have been to ship, you know, a truckload of milk. And so like that, that's a, it's a big deal. Cause you got to remember back in this time, milk wasn't even shipped. It was brought to you by a local farmer. Like the milkman had a tight radius. He couldn't bring milk, like even to the second town. <laughs> and so that's good foresight for him. He's like, if, I, if, ever, if chocolate's ever going to cost less, I got to be here. And so this is the lens it's going to be told through. Uh, we're probably going to use a little AI to help um, simplify the research but it, I'm going to tell it through my voice and we'll see if it works. If people like it or don't like it, I think that's okay. But to me, we're marching towards the surfing with the family because if this is a hot mission wins, I win, we go surfing.
0: Yeah. And I'll also say just like uh, the Burton dude, whether this succeeds or not, actually probably won't matter at the end of it because you'll be loving doing all this research, enjoying putting something new out into the world. And so while I see the vision of what it will be, which will be huge, I also think the journey will be something that you enjoy as well. And you'll get to the end of it and still be like, I'm still really glad that we put that out there. Like, I'm still really proud of that, you know?
1: And so I think the evolution is going to be the the historical figures and then a mix of Uh, meeting people that are doing it as well as talking the historical stories. And so that's kind of like, but anyways, first milestone.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm excited. So for anyone who's like, okay, Albert and stuff, I can't just pitch brand new, fun, flashy projects to my manager. They're not going to do that. Well, yes, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I do think what was important to emphasize about this with Albert or anyone on my team is, they get to enroll me into the vision of the project and how it ties to company goals. And so I think when you have a manager or someone at first, they might be like, I don't get it. That's not a place to stop. (laughs) They're like, I don't get how your goal aligns. That's actually when to enroll them into your vision of like, oh no, it perfectly aligns. And here's the areas it supports and showing that you've done enough research and put thought into how is this going to drive the business forward? So that's step one. Um, And then step two, when it comes to this also is we don't forget about our main business. Also, we, we think about, okay, the areas that are going well, you know, you're hosting it visionaries, you're doing the finances, like what gets to be thought about differently over there too. So we have goals that we're coming up with around the current business of like, how do we make that content better? How do we change up our interview style? How do we have more fun with it? What does that look like? Um, and, some fun, new flashy goals too. So it's a good balancing act because you don't want to obviously just forget about your main business. But, um, I think having, you know, both is where the magic happens because you bring the new energy and excitement of, I mean, that's what Google did when I worked there. It was a 20% project and everyone always joked it's 120% then because that 20% is on top of your 100% workload. But the energy that came from that 20% project often drove the other hundred percent in a very different way because people were excited about some experiment or fun. It's they like were I want to get
1: this done so I can get this mm-hmm. next thing done.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's almost un- yeah.
1: It's like an unlock, right? Your daily work unlocks mm-hmm. your, v- your passion project or something.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I want to move on to our next step. Now that we've gone through the first couple of define the company, vision, individual vision, defined, define the goals based on that vision. And the next one, which is really important, is writing it down in a central location for all to see. So we have one, I mean, think about how often do you talk about your goals and everyone knows about them. You're like, you have your own little Google Docs going and your own calendars or whatever you have, but no one actually knows and they don't know what you're doing. So. We have one Google Doc going with all of our goals in it that we are filling out where it'll show high level. Here's what the company goal is. And then, um, our producer Lacey is the first one who's going to be the one, uh, being the example where she's going to put her personal vision and how it ties to the company vision and what goals she wants to pitch for this coming quarter, what she's going to have. And yeah, everyone's going to get to see it. And then we'll, we'll be discussing it in our weekly meeting. And then, Having check-ins going forward every week, we're going to be, you know, going through it and making sure that we're holding each other accountable and seeing how we can support each other and making sure that, you know, if you tell me you want to do, you're doing this project, um, this new show, me knowing that and me knowing what you're trying to work on, I might be like, Hey, where's that first episode at? Like, what do you need? (laughs) Like, tell me what you need help with, you know? So I'm super excited about this year, everything that we're bringing in. I think it's going to be really helpful to our team, having this new process. And, um, I think it'd be fun to come back at the end of Q1 and talk about, you know, did we really move the needle? Like I am almost hundred percent positive we are going to this year based off this.
1: So, you know, it's fun about this or maybe conference inspiring. There's a lot of positives. So we've always attempted to march towards the goal. So like, you know what, even when I met you in 20, Oh shoot. I mean, for mission met you. How long have I been here? 2019? I think. Yeah. 2019. Yeah.
0: But when you met me in 2014, I think, but
1: yeah, Yeah, but mission wasn't on the radar at the time. But so when I came to work mission 2019, there was always this, this desire that mission was going to be the place for creators, even in former leadership, like that never changed. And so this is what I talk about is like that, that burning mission. It always stays the same. You're just kind of, sometimes you're marching towards it, not fast enough. And so so there is no derailment. Like we've tried many things to get there and we're still alive. Like we've still done a lot of good things and we're still marching towards it. And so like sometimes I think to myself like, Oh, um, you know, you're not succeeding or you're not, I would just say, we probably have not succeeded on the timeline we anticipated, but You know what I mean? But like the fact that we're still here
0: is actually a huge success.
1: (laughs) And so that this goes back to the top. It's played a part because had we lost sight of that, maybe he would have lost everybody. Maybe everyone would have said, well, I don't want to do this at all because we've had extraordinarily hard conditions. So this idea of an independent creator, a place for independent creators to thrive has always existed. And so, uh, you know, some of the, some of the frameworks have changed, but that in general, like you'd love to have different people owning shows vertically, generating revenue in multiple arenas that hasn't changed. It really hasn't changed. We just haven't figured out how to get there yet, or we haven't gotten there yet. And so, you know, before, before uh, Chick-fil-A was, you know, whatever it is, 5,000 restaurants, it was one. I'm sure getting to two was hard. You know what I mean? Like Getting to three was harder. But eventually they figured it out. And so who knows? But I think that's, the, that's kind of bringing it all full circle is if you don't have that core vision and you don't have a handful of employees see the same thing or see how their, that vision complements their personal life or their personal life complements that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you won't have a team to help you get there. And so we're still marching.
0: Yep, I know. Cheers to that cheers to that. Um, (laughs) yeah, there, there's one last final thing that I wanted to one final line to ponder that someone said to me the other day that really stuck with me. Um, and it was around personal goals, but like we said, personal goals are business goals. They're all, all of it is related how you're showing up. And it was something along the lines of the thing that's standing between what you know, you need to do and actually doing it is suffering. So Every moment you're not doing the thing you know you're supposed to do, like you know you're supposed to do something, and doing it is just suffering in the middle with your mind. And I've been in that place so many times of having a goal, knowing I should be doing something, and then not doing it, and staying in suffering for a long time because of that. And so this year... Well,
1: suffering's harsh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think most people don't suffer. Mm, I, think they, I think what people they do do, do so. is they get regret. It does lead to regret. that's suffering,
0: <laughs> regret, suffering. That's a form of <laughs> suffering. So this year, yeah. no suffering.
1: There you go. It's a, um, well, it's, a, it's like the tortoise or the hare, right? It's like you either pay now you work now, work later, pay now, pay, you know, pay later kind of concept because that is, that is very true. Cause I think about like, so if I think of a personal goal that I've not succeeded and <laughs> am I any closer to, I don't know. Um, I've always said, you know, I've always carried a high amount of body fat and it's not because I have a metabolic condition. It's because I really enjoy eating and I've Meat tempered down every eating night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've stopped eating that. I've stopped that. Uh, I kicked, okay. that out. I kicked, I kicked that out. I eat, I do eat, still eat dessert, but it's much less frequently. Um, but that's what it is. It's like, you, you've now chosen, you've chosen temporary re- you know, whether it's pleasure or pain relief or whatever, for you, you're choosing long term suffering. And like, and so someone said that in a similar way. It's like you, you're basically saying this ice cream or whatever is worth more than a stroke or whatever. Cause, cause you're like, oh, you're, you're, you just think a stroke's okay because this ice cream is better than a stroke. I'm like, dang, that can't be true. And so it, it did. It, that concept has changed a little bit. I'm, I don't know if it'll get me where I'm going, but um I've definitely been eating less dessert the last year and a half. <laughs> My physical performance has gone up. I still carry body fat, plenty, but like I can tell on the in the CrossFit times, like I can blow away younger people now.
0: <laughs> yeah, get it, get it, get it. All right. Well, with that, <laughs> we hope you all got something out of this vision goal setting session. Um, and we hope you have an amazing new year with this newfound knowledge that we have passed along and shared. So until next time, thanks everyone for tuning in.